Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Pastor J.D.'s prophecy updates always end with the ABCs of salvation. A is for admit that you're a sinner. B is for believe that Jesus died for your sins and was resurrected. And C is for call upon the name of the Lord. These three steps will secure your future eternity with God in heaven. Decide for Jesus today. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 9th, 2020. Enoch pre-flood, the bride of Joseph pre-famine, seven-year famine, a picture of the rapture of the church. After Israel's salvation in the seven-year famine vis-a-vis Joseph, Israel is then delivered out of Egypt, a type of the world vis-a-vis Moses, also a type of Christ, a deliverer. Incidentally, Moses too had a Gentile bride after his rejection by his brethren and before they entered into great tribulation under Pharaoh and all of the plagues. So too Jesus, our greater than Moses, took us, his Gentile bride, after his rejection by his brethren, just as he too will take us as his bride before his brethren enter into the seven-year tribulation. Isaac, also a type of Christ, who also took a Gentile bride by the name of Rebekah, who didn't go through the coming tribulation that was to come upon them. And the reason we know that is that she was taken from her home to go to Isaac before any tribulation came upon them. She's not heard of again after that. Daniel, we've talked about this before, a type of the church and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a type of Israel, thrown into the, there's that number again. What a coincidence. Seven. Seven times hotter furnace. A picture of Israel. And they're saved in the midst of the furnace, the way that Israel will be saved in the midst of the tribulation. At the midpoint, quite literally, actually, right smack in the middle. They're a type of Israel. Where's Daniel? He's not there. Why not? Oh, so glad you asked. Because prior, pre-furnace, pre-famine, pre-flood, they all start with an F, just mention that. Pre-furnace, Daniel is exalted, taken up to a high position. Pre-furnace, 
and is not there. He's a picture of the church. He's taken up pre-furnace. One, one interesting side note. Daniel 3. They refused to worship. The, this is why they ended up in the furnace. Seven times hotter fiery furnace. Uh, they refused to worship the image that was 60 cubits by 6 cubits as 6 instruments played. 666, the image. And that's why they were thrown into the furnace. Ruth, the Gentile bride of Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, who clearly is a picture of Jesus Christ as our kinsman redeemer. One of my favorite books, I know I said about all the books, but what a fascinating book. I mean, it is so amazing. Anyway, woven into the fabric of this typology is another picture of the pre-tribulation rapture, and it's even more specific as it relates to the bride of Christ and the restoration of Israel as the elect of God. Ruth 1.19 we're told that the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. Naomi and Ruth are a type of both the Jew and the Gentile coming together because of Bethlehem. In Ruth 4.13, we're told that Boaz takes his bride and she bore a son. So too does Jesus, our greater than Boaz, take his bride as the son. And it gets really interesting here. In chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, we're told that Naomi takes the son from Ruth, who by the way is named Abed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David, from whom the Savior of the world would come. This child, born in Bethlehem, is now embraced in the bosom of Naomi, a type of Israel, after taking him from Ruth, a type of the bride of Christ, and she isn't seen again in the Scriptures. So too will Israel embrace the son of David, born in Bethlehem, after taking him from the Gentile bride of Christ. Don't you get it? When the church is raptured and taken out of the way, now God shifts all of his attention to his final prophetic plan for his people Israel. That's what the tribulation is all about, because they, they rejected their true Messiah. And that's what the purpose of the tribulation is for, the responsibility on us, number six. Merriam-Webster defines responsibility as reliability and trustworthiness and something for which one is responsible in the sense that they have not abdicated or neglected their responsibilities. This is Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. The letter that is written by John from Jesus to the church in Philadelphia. I want to read it. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. This is interesting. 
He who opens and no one shuts, and shuts <laughs> and no one opens. I'm not going to read too much into that, but that's interesting, isn't it? If God shuts a door, no man's going to open it. But if God opens a door to a church, no man should shut it. I know your works, verse 8. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength. You have kept my word, and have not denied my name. In other words, you've not neglected your responsibility. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. That's a whole other topic for another time. But verse 10, notice, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, same word in the original, tribulation, which shall come upon the whole world. That's the seven-year tribulation, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. I can't wait. I I, I never liked my name. I can't wait for my new name. I'm so curious to see what it's going to be. Verse 13, he who has an ear, this is how every letter ends, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Number seven, lastly. Certainly not least. (laughs) The best for last, really. The rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation because of the encouragement from us, and really for us and to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. By the way, this is the first letter that the Apostle Paul wrote early in his ministry. And right here you have the first mention from the Apostle Paul of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And isn't it interesting that it's in the context of the rapture of the church? That's the full gospel, if you will. He says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep, speaking of death, in Him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself, verse 16, will come down from heaven, with a loud command, here it is, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturous in the Latin, which which is where we get the word rapture. 
We will be raptured, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. In the second coming, He comes to earth. In the rapture, we meet Him in the air. It's been said that at the rapture, He comes for us. At the second coming, He comes with us ten thousands by His side. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And I want to draw your attention to verse 18. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Again, bear with me, but how is it possible that Paul could say, therefore encourage one another with these words, if you're going to go through the tribulation? You're probably going to be beheaded. Uh, A third of the population is going to die. It's going to be unspeakable horror as the wrath of God is poured out. And which, by the way, if you're a Christian, he already poured out his wrath on Christ. And so why is he pouring wrath out on you? Does that mean that what Jesus did is not finished? That's blasphemy. It just doesn't work. I mean, you cannot say, hey, you're going to go through unspeakable horror, therefore encourage one another with these words. That's cruel. That is horrible. You you can't say that. You can only say that if, hey, (laughs) you're not going to be here for that. Be encouraged. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, that's very encouraging. I know. And now encourage one another as you are already doing. Because it's all about the rapture. It's in the context of the rapture. Be encouraged. You're going to be taken out before all this comes down. Does that encourage you? I know it encourages me, especially with what's coming. Are you kidding me? Oh, I mean, I mean, with the the, the great reset, the financial collapse, it's just a matter of time when that happens. That's very terrifying, but I'm not terrified. I'm encouraged. Why? Because I ain't going to be here. I know that's not proper English. Don't. You know, what's really sad is a lot of Christians are just so fearful, unnecessarily scared, depressed, in despair. Unnecessarily. What are we going to do? What about? What if? No. It's irrelevant. It's immaterial. It's inconsequential. You're not going to be here. God's going to take you out of here. Be encouraged and encourage one another. Because we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air before this all goes down. Thank you for your patience. For those of you online, if you're still watching, as I mentioned at the beginning, I really sensed from the Lord that I was to do this teaching at this time because of how fast everything is moving. And it is my belief, and I believe this with all of my heart, and the Lord knows my heart, that the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ can happen at any time. And we are so close. I think it is sooner than any of us could possibly even begin to imagine. 
And I didn't want to wait. And I just had this strong sense, no, you need to do it now. You need to do it now. Don't put it off. There's a lot of Christians that need to hear this. There's a lot of Christians that are just fearful, full of anxiety, and you need to settle this. And you need to teach the truth in love. I hope I've been gracious and loving. I know sometimes I can get snarky. It's a gift. (laughs) I don't mean to do that. I just am so passionate when it comes to the truth of the pre-tribulation rapture. You know, one last thing. You know, the argument is made, and it's, there's merit to it. The rapture is not a salvation matter. Okay, that's fine. I'll give you that. But, please consider this. If this is true, and it is, then wouldn't it stand to reason that it would have far-reaching ramifications for those who don't know Christ? In other words, you're, you're privy to information that can change somebody's life for all eternity. We're not just talking about life and death, we're talking about eternal life and eternal death. Right? That to me would seem to be a salvation issue. Because if what you're saying is true, and it is, I just, I don't know what else I can do from Scripture to prove a pre-tribulation rapture, my goodness. So now, what about you? If you don't know the Lord, and this is true, what are you waiting for? That's salvation. You need to come to Christ now, today, or you're going to be left behind. You know, you've heard it said, you know, I know I'll have a chance after the rapture, and if I'm left behind and this really happens like you say it's going to happen, then I'll just, I'll give my life to Christ in the tribulation. Really? What makes you so sure? If you're not willing to live for Christ prior to the tribulation, what makes you think you're going to die for Christ in the tribulation? Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Today's the day of salvation. Seek Him while He may be found. Spirit of God isn't going to strive with man forever. You know, if you've been blowing him off and shining him on, and maybe you're watching online and the Lord's been speaking to you, trying to get your attention, there's going to come a time where you're not going to hear that knock on the door anymore. It's going to be too late. And I think that time is very soon. This is why we've been doing these prophecy updates for 14 years now, every week. And it's why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, and a childlike explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. And this is not meant in any way to insult anyone's intelligence. It's just a childlike, simple explanation. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What he was saying was, you know, children are so trusting, which is why we have to talk to them about stranger danger. What Jesus is saying is you need to have that childlike trust in me. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. Romans 3 verse 10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all 
been born as sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it pronounces, by way of the bad news, the death penalty, basically, for sin. That's the, the wage of sin is death. And you're guilty. And when you enter a plea, your plea is guilty as charged. Now, what's the sentence? Oh, it's the death sentence. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like we just talked about in the bridal typology, the wedding typology with the groom and the bride. A gift is something that is given that you didn't pay for. If you pay for it, it's not a gift, it's a purchase. Somebody else purchased it. Jesus purchased it. He purchased you with His blood. And He paid the price, mohad, in full for you, for me. And He offers this gift that He paid for, the gift of eternal life. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Not you might, not you could, not you should. No, you will be saved. And then the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or confess with your mouth, as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen, All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's all? Yeah. All? Yeah. I'm an all. I know. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're watching this online and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, acknowledging your sin, putting your trust in Him, I implore you, I plead with you. That is the most important decision of your life for eternal life. You need to make that decision today. Father in heaven, thank you. First of all, thank you for the patience of these, your people. Lord, thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Thank you for prophecy in the Bible. Thank you for the truth of the pre-tribulation rapture, because that changes everything. Lord, I pray for anyone who might be even here in this service today that has never called upon you. I pray that today they would make that decision. And for anyone watching online, it's not by accident that they're watching this video. I pray that today would be the the day of their salvation. And then lastly, Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible, though written long ago, is inspired by our Creator. God chose to speak His truth through ordinary men, but these men had their eyes fixed on their Heavenly Father. Their words hold a great deal of meaning for us in our world today, and maybe more so in the times we're in. 
Much of the activity of this world is mirrored in the pages of the Bible and is pointing to a new era that we need to be aware of. In Pastor J.D.'s weekly Mideast Prophecy Updates, he's been searching the scriptures and the news headlines and sharing with us what he's found. You can access these updates by heading to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking on the YouTube link. Jesus will be returning to the earth soon to judge the evil that has been destroying it. And that return, friends, is drawing closer with each new day. Pastor J.D. tells us through these updates each week where we are in relation to Bible prophecy and how close our Savior's return just might be. No one knows the day or the hour this incredible event will take place, but we know from the Bible that we've been told what to expect in the moments leading up to this event. If we adopt a sense of anticipation in our daily walk with Jesus, we'll also gain with it an urgency to share the gospel message with the world around us. We're called to unashamedly boast about our Savior and plant the seed of hope which Jesus promises to water. Share Jesus with someone today and join us for another edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update right here on In Spirit and Truth.